I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Unbreakable You podcast. I feel like it has been such a long time since we've hung out last, and I know I released a podcast episode last week right before Christmas, and I'm so happy I did because I feel like it would have felt like an eternity since I sat down with my mic and chatted with you. So I feel like we're all kind of going through this right now. And to be completely honest, this is actually my favorite time of year. I really love this time between Christmas and the new year. It's just super slow. And to me, it kind of feels like there's just not really many expectations around this time of year. It's a lot slower. There's a lot more time for rest and just kind of reflecting on the past year and maybe doing some feel good things like reading more or cleaning out some space that you feel is a little bit cluttered and you're cleaning it out for the new year. I know this exact time last year, I purged my entire closet, I cleaned it all out and got rid of everything that I didn't want to wear anymore and I did a pretty good job at selling a lot of the clothes that I was no longer wearing and honestly now a year later I feel like I could do the exact same thing. So I'm sharing this with you because I actually have received a lot of comments and had a lot of different conversations with whether that's my friends or just people on Instagram or other social media platforms that I'm on and it seems like a lot of people are kind of wrestling maybe with actually allowing themselves to rest so we feel like we should be going 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 doing all this stuff And not really treating this week like a different type of week. But it really is. Actually, one of my past clients and now really good friends let me know that in her country, they actually refer to the week between Christmas and the new year. They call it the week between years. And I really, really loved that. I thought that was super special And I love that she shared that with me. And I feel like if we approach this week as the week between years, it kind of allows us to just give ourselves that space. And that's what I really want to encourage you to do this week if you have been feeling like you've wanted to rest more and just have a little bit more of a chill week. If you have been feeling that way, but feeling also like you should be doing all those things. Remember, when the shoulds come up, that is conditioning, right? That isn't the stuff that we actually need to be doing. So I'm sharing this with you because like I said, I really do encourage you that if you are feeling more drawn to resting this week and giving yourself some extra time off, please do that if you can. I really encourage you to do that. I know for me personally, I am still meeting with my clients inside Back Home to You. I love our coaching calls so much. So I am still having our group coaching calls for Back Home to You. But other than that, and preparing this podcast for you all, I'm really not doing much. I'm definitely resting a lot more, spending just more time just not doing anything. And remember, not doing anything is also productive. And 
yesterday, if you are listening to when this podcast is first released. So it is December 30th, 2020 today. And yesterday was a full moon. So if you didn't have the chance to actually look at the sky last night, do that today because we can still feel and experience and soak up that full moon energy a few days even after and before the full moon. So this is a significant time and it's really incredible to just go and admire the beautiful full moon for a little bit. So if you didn't do that already last night, I do encourage you to do that tonight if you can see it from where you're at. And yeah, Christmas just happened. New Year's is coming up. I hope you all had a great Christmas and enjoyed it as much as you possibly could with the times that we're in right now and New Year's. I think it's just going to be pretty chill around in my neck of the woods. Um, I reminded Scott this morning actually that last year him and I just stayed home. We watched hockey. We made steaks. He got a sous vide for Christmas last year. So we did steaks in the sous vide and it was just really nice being at home together enjoying a really nice meal and not doing anything outside of the house. So I am pretty sure that our plans will be similar this year. This year, instead of the sous vide, I bought him a pizza oven. He His favorite, if you ever listen to that episode with Scott and I, we did an episode together a while back and he, I think he talks about his favorite food being pizza. So anyways, I bought him a pizza oven. So I think we might be doing homemade pizzas on New Year's Eve. I think that would be pretty fun. And one more thing before I introduce you all to our incredible guest this week. She's one of my very close and best friends, Emily. Before I actually officially introduce her, I just want to let you all know something that I announced on Monday this week. I started a book club. (laughs) This was kind of um, spur of the moment decision, but for the past two years, I have been kind of setting this intention for myself to read one book each month of the year. So by the end of the year, I have 12 books read. And usually like throughout January and February, I read like two books a month. And then I just kind of stop reading. So I know in 2019, I read five books. Last year, or this year, 2020, I read four books. And I just really want to read more. It makes me feel so good. And I really love getting lost in a really good fiction book. So I thought, why not? create a book club and invite you all in to join me. So I announced this just on Monday and we already have like 70 people in our book club. So I did announce the books we will be reading for the first quarter of 2021. So you have the first three books that will we will be reading January, February, and March. And then I'm also going to try to always provide you with the books that we'll be reading for the second, third, and fourth quarter of the year, just so if you wanted to, you can get them ahead of time. But yeah, if you want to join a free book club and be part of it with me, then join my book club. It's super fun. And like I said, we will be focusing on fiction books only. So this is just a really great way to spend some more time with yourself and rest more. I mentioned this on Instagram earlier this week, but I work with a lot of women that struggle big time with resting, with allowing themselves to rest. And I really do believe that 
connecting with a book or picking up a book and starting to read, it really does allow us to really start to heal or repair our relationship with rest. So if you want to join, you can go to bit.ly. So I made a bit.ly link for it just so it's super easy for you to register. And again, it's free guys. So bit.ly slash Meg's book club. And I can put that in the show notes as well, just so you can see the exact link, but bit.ly slash Meg's book club. And like I said, we already have like 70 people in this book club, which I was so not expecting, but I'm really excited about it. So join us there. And now the only other thing I have to say is... Welcome to our guest, Emily Kosick. Like I said, she's one of my very close and best friends. Emily and I talk about her experiences with substance abuse, which really isn't something that we've talked much about on the show before. But Emily and I actually recorded this episode back in like early December and I kept it until now because I thought it was really timely with New Year's approaching and if you are really wanting to reevaluate the way you approach your drinking or just kind of have a new perspective on your relationship to alcohol or substances like that this is a really great episode for you. Emily has overcome that in her own life and now she helps other women do the same alongside with a lot of mindset work just as she did for herself and we talk about that in the show as well. So I know you're going to love this episode and we will now welcome Emily to the show. Okay. Hey, Emily, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. I'm super, super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So I shared a little bit about you with everyone before we jumped over to our recording today. But why don't you give a little bit more of an intro to yourself, who you are, and what you're all about. Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening. And my purpose on this earth, at least at this point in time, is to help folks understand how powerful they are and remember how powerful they are and realize how powerful they are and to help folks break free of habits that aren't serving their health. So I encourage everybody to reconnect with their intuition and find that, right? Find that. Most of us have lost that at this point in our lives. Um, So I do this through holistic health coaching and Root Awakening is my container for, for holistic health coaching. It is my holistic health coaching business and It also houses a beautiful supportive community. So through Root Awakening, I help empower folks to cultivate self-sustainable health. And the topics that I teach look like letting go of societal pressures, right? Letting go of what our friends are telling us to do. Letting go of what a lot of influencers are telling us to do, even though maybe that doesn't feel so good for our bodies, right? Letting go of what society says is quote unquote, quote, normal. Maybe letting go of the word normal right? Um, Letting go of energy sucking habits that don't serve us and letting go of damaging thought patterns, right? And I really like to champion nourishing your body and establishing a connection with your body and discovering your limitless, I'm going to say that again, limitless power as a human being that most of us kind of forget about or have been taught to not believe. Um, So, I've had a really tumultuous history with body imbalance and lots of substance abuse and a lot of mental health imbalances. So through these issues, I was able to rediscover this kind of otherworldly power I had inside myself that I didn't know was there. 
before. Um, and I use this to turn my life around completely, to become more sustainable um, and self-sustainable in my health practices. I learned to balance my mindset. I learned to balance my body. And I developed all of these systems in order to do that with this power that I found within myself. So now one of the first things that lights me up, one of my top three things that lights me up is teaching others to discover that same power. So that's kind of about a little bit about me and, and what my purpose is here. Yeah, so that is so beautiful. And I know you're an open book, so I would really appreciate it if you kind of took us a little bit back for our listeners. I know my girls really appreciate hearing like the history of someone. Um, most of us have had poor relationships with food and our body in the past and we have got caught up in doing things that have not served us um, or our health and I know you have personal experience with that and that really is what led you to being a holistic health coach so if you wouldn't mind just maybe sharing a little bit more about your personal experience with those certain behaviors that really didn't serve you and acted kind of as that springboard to getting to where you are today yeah absolutely so my history with health and balance goes back to basically when I was a child. Um, of course, I didn't know it at the time. I wasn't diagnosed with any specific conditions. There was nothing that you can see that you could see on the outward part of my body, right? On the outside, I looked healthy, although now that I know what the signs of health imbalance actually are, I understand that I just had so many signs of imbalance within my the body, like within my body that wasn't even yet showing up as a huge issue or condition. So I remember being, for example, I remember being super constipated around the age of eight, right? Already, I was feeling really uncomfortable with my digestive health, but it wasn't, it wasn't a sign that a lot of people in the Western world and uh, especially see as a sign where, okay, we have to take you to the doctor now, right? Because it's normal for people to be constipated in the Western world, right? So I had all these uncomfortabilities, but they were kind of just brushed off because they weren't that bad yet, right? Quote, unquote. So um, I had a lot of ear infections as a child that required antibiotics. So that really started weakening my gut health from an early age. And this is something that I didn't even... Um, I didn't even care to remember until very recently, right? When my memory started coming back. Um, so basically as far back as I could remember, I was craving, 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 craving processed sugars, craving fried food, um, rarely wanting whole food, um, always food that was pre-prepared by somebody else, always food that had likely preservatives in it, always junk food. This is just how my body came to be wired as I was growing up, right? So also as I got older, the societal pressures to be someone that you're not when you're a teenager brought on an alcohol habit for me. So that started when I was around 15 years old and that alcohol habit became a problem as I went into college. I mixed that with drugs, right? So now I had more substance abuse issues and this lifestyle helped to facilitate an eating disorder right because this is messing with my hormones this is messing with my view of myself i'm screwing up i'm i'm uh, unreliable and i wanted to gain back control over my life but still keep my substance abuse habits so for me control felt like putting a limit on how much I was eating because that was the one thing that I felt like I could try to control when obviously I have all of these other substance abuse habits that I couldn't control, right? So I would go for one meal a day. I would end up binging at the end of the night and the cycle goes on and on and on. Um, and I really found myself at this place, Meg, where I was retaining so much water. I was always bloated. I had a lot of gas. I was 
dependent on caffeine to be productive. I was drinking about a pot of caffeine a day. I was dependent on alcohol and pills to be social. I was dependent on all of these things to go through my life. And I was obviously feeling awful every morning when my alarm went off, right? I was so unhappy with who I was and my body, my hair was falling out. It was just like my body was falling apart mentally, spiritually, physically. Um, and I covered my face with makeup every day, right? Not for self-expression, but because I wanted to cover up my face. Um, so honestly, this continued for years. And um, I even worked at a health food store and went vegan and started taking supplements. And I still had an issue letting go of the alcohol and the caffeine and the body image issues. There was still a lot going on there. My digestive health still sucked. Um, so it really took my body completely falling apart for me to actually make a lasting change. Um, I took one big dose of antibiotics about two years ago, just over two years ago, and that set my body over the edge. I had reoccurrent infections. I had candida overgrowth that took over parts of my body. The brain fog that was there throughout my life was definitely still there after the antibiotics and even worse. Um, and I tried to get help from Western medicine and they just kept prescribing me more antibiotics. So obviously that made everything worse. So I got to the point where I had to look elsewhere. I found Ayurveda and for anyone listening is an ancient Indian medicine and ancient Indian health science based in herbs. And I found some mentors, I hired some coaches and I completely changed my life. So like I said before, I found this power, this kind of otherworldly power. It almost felt like it was coming from somewhere else. I don't know if you've ever had this feeling before, but it felt like it was coming from outside of me. And really in hindsight, I know that I was just pulling out my true potential as a human, right? With some help from the universe, of course, but I was pulling out this power from inside of myself. It was stored in me the whole time. I just had to access it. And I was able to access it once I had to change my life, once I finally had to get my shit together. Um, so I fixed up my mindset. I fixed up my body hatred. I fixed up all of the disempowering language I was using about myself. And this, of course, happened super gradually and in steps. Um, but I, I let go of a lot of people, too, who were taking energy from me. And I started cooking for myself. That was a big part of my Ayurvedic path, right? Um, I followed my Ayurvedic guidelines. I eventually let go. This took a little bit of time, but I eventually let go of my alcohol dependency. The drug dependency disappeared naturally as I got older, luckily, but my alcohol dependency held on for a while. I was finally able to let go of that. Um, and Meg, my memory came back. Um, I, I, I had said goodbye to my memory a really long time ago. I had said goodbye to my memory um, in my late teens. And I accepted that because I had all of these substance abuse issues. I accepted that my memory was essentially gone. That's what I used to tell myself and um, that my self-love was gone. I, I told myself that before too. And um, I just thought my brain, my brain cognition just wasn't working and it was never going to work, right? I, I thought it was broken. Um, and now it's stronger than it's ever been in my entire life. And I use the word joyful now. And that's something I say quite often because before I would always make fun of that word or make fun of people that use that word and say, well, I don't think they're really joyful. It, does, I'm, it sounds like kind of a cheesy thing to say. It sounds like they're kind of forcing their happiness, but I just didn't understand. So now I actually want to use the word joyful because I feel it. That's what I'm feeling. And that's how I feel rising every single day when I get up. And um, now I find myself using that word because I feel joy and I feel purpose and I feel fulfillment just radiating out of me. And I never, ever thought that was possible for me and frankly, anyone else. I used to think that people that would talk like this were faking it. And um, I'm so excited that this actually exists and it's such a reality. So that's kind of a, a little bit of a long-winded explanation of where I came from and how all this developed. Oh, I love that so much, Emily. And there's 
so many things and like so many ways I can take this conversation now. So, hmm, which way will I go? But no, seriously, I want to maybe focus a little bit on the feeling dependent on alcohol because that's actually not something that... I don't know. Have we ever talked about that on the Unbreakable You podcast before? I truly don't know. But since it's not something that I can speak to, I think you are the perfect person to talk about this because this is something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, Maybe they're not super, super dependent on it, but maybe it's something in their life that they know they want to let go of but they're having a really hard time letting go of it or maybe they are dependent on it and they're having a hard time taking those first steps of like really accepting that and then letting go of it so what did that process look like for you I know you said when you kind of started taking care of yourself and taking your health seriously that dependency on alcohol and drugs kind of naturally fell away so yeah tell us more about that yeah I think the first big realization was that I had to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable I had to start detaching from comfort Right. So all of this developed for me because, first of all, I cared about what other people thought of me and I wanted to behave in a way that wasn't me, that wasn't myself. Right. And I wanted to impress people and I wanted to be like this. I wanted to be able to say these things. I wanted to be outgoing. And all of that was so the room would be comfortable and so I would be comfortable and I would make other people comfortable. So this realization. And I do think that I was really lucky to not have to go through a rehab program or anything like that. This realization just naturally came, started to come to me that, okay, if I'm going to be sober in situations, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. And I just need to get past that and just know that it's going to be uncomfortable and be okay with that. And So it is that when we're uncomfortable, that's really when we're going to be stepping into our next version of ourselves, right? Stepping into our evolved selves. That's how it happens. We have to get a little uncomfortable in order to do that. So I started accepting that. And then something that took a little bit longer for me to get used to was being okay with other people being uncomfortable, being okay with, right? Being okay with not meshing very well with other people. That's okay, right? And as a lot of people would say, if we're not aligned, then we're not aligned. And how that works, how alcoholism works in so much with social situations, especially people who, like you said, they know that their alcoholism, they know that their relationship to alcohol may not denote like a rehab facility. They know that they can stop drinking at a certain point. They're not drinking all day, every day, but they know it's something that they wanna let go of, but they can't. And I think especially people that have a relationship like this to alcohol might not really be very comfortable in social situations, be comfortable with themselves in social situations. It's very socially oriented, right? So a lot of my answers to this was to loosen the reins and just take it easy with being in the presence of other people and having someone be uncomfortable. I just had to forget about that and tell myself, ask myself, what is the worst that could happen if this person if I make this person uncomfortable or if this person doesn't really like me, what is the worst that could happen? And the only thing that happens is you move on and you find someone else that you mesh with and you find someone else that feels good for you, right? So I had to just keep telling myself what what is really important here and what is the worst that could happen, right? And am I going to just follow everybody else? That's a really big staple within the Root Awakening community and within the Root Awakening company as a whole, why are you listening to other people, especially if they don't have what serves you in mind, 
why do we have to copy other people? Why do we have to be included, right? It's kind of bred into our DNA, but if we work back from that a little bit, we'll find so much freedom, right? We'll find so much um, connection with ourselves. So I think all of those things, like how I was relating alcohol to social situations, how I was relating alcohol to comfortability, and how I was relating alcohol with trying to be someone else and do what is quote unquote normal. But what I tell my audience very often is just replace the word normal with mediocre. Just pretend like the word normal doesn't exist anymore, right? Because often when society says the word normal, what it really means is mediocre. It's often tasks, it's often words, it's often behaviors that hold people back. So just forgetting about what all of my relationships to what is normal socially and what is normal for me, forgetting about what that meant and start, I started to do what felt good for me. Yeah, you bring up such a great and interesting point that I don't think a lot of people even consider when it comes to drinking and like why they drink or why they're having a hard time letting go of drinking and it really does come down to a lot of the times like the comfortability is that even a word like the other people being comfortable right or the uncomfort of other people um yeah, man, I can think of so many times and you know this about me. You and I are really close and we've talked about this before, but like I could probably count on my two hands like the amount of times that like the the events, the amount of events in my life that I've drank at and gosh, there are so many, there's probably more memories that I have where I've been at certain events making people very uncomfortable. I have so many memories of people asking me why I'm not drinking, asking me if I'm having fun because I'm not drinking, and just like picking my brain about why I don't drink. And clearly, I'm making them uncomfortable because I'm not drinking. But then them asking me why I'm not drinking is making me uncomfortable when I was totally fine with not drinking before, if that makes sense. So gosh, it's such a such a funny thing, but I think it's really important. Like this is a really important conversation to be having. Um, you know, you just shared kind of the steps that we need to take in order to start letting go of this aspect of our life if it's not serving us, right? And I mean, both you and I, like, if we really want to, we will have a drink of alcohol for sure, right? Like, Absolutely. But having said that, I truly, (laughs) I can't even think. And this is funny. And the other thing that really, sorry, I'm kind of going on a rant here, but often people will ask me like, well, Meg, when is the last time you had a drink? As though like they're trying to like make me feel bad about something or like judge me. And truthfully, Emily, I cannot remember the last time I had a drink. I'm like, I don't know. It's been like years ago. I have no idea. But anyways, this is a really important conversation to have. And I think we could even dive deeper in. Okay, so we're ready to get uncomfortable. We've accepted the fact that either we are going to be uncomfortable or another person's going to be uncomfortable or both of us. Right. Just like in that example that I shared But then how do we stand strong in our decision to honor like what we truly want for ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. And that was something that I was doing for years, literally years. I think about six years, honestly, because, um, yeah, once I got to New York, funnily enough, that was when I worked back from my alcohol issue, but I still had some really, really, really bad nights in New York. I still had some really, really um, intense, heavy alcohol filled nights. So I had a lot of, I don't think maybe relapse is the right word. Maybe not because I never, you know, decided to cut alcohol out of my life completely. Um, But I had a lot of 
moments where I went back to alcohol and made exceptions, made exceptions, made exceptions, all of the damn exceptions. Oh my gosh. And now I just have an encyclopedia of the exceptions that people can make and that I made. And I actually make them into worksheets for um, my clients and my program. So they are prepared to move forward with anything that they want to let go of. Part of my framework is to think about what your exceptions are going to be. What are you going to say to yourself, right? Just a little side note there, that was a huge, huge issue for me. Um, making exceptions and what does that mean, right? That means that we're not sticking to our boundaries. So all of this kind of behavior of going back and forth revolved around me breaking my boundaries. So I had to do a lot of work on that in, okay, what, first of all, let's have a plan. What am I gonna say when someone asks me, do you wanna drink? I know I don't want to drink right now. And I know that the, the effort to make everything comfortable and to have a response ready almost superseded my need to have a drink. So the, the effort for me to make everything okay and normal, that almost came first before my need to have alcohol. And I think a lot of other people experience that as well. So I had to tell myself, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to order? right? And also a lot of it had to do with not going out all the time, not going out when I was tired. When I went out, when you go out when you're super tired and you drink, what are you going to do? You're going to drink to raise your vibration in a false way, right? You're going to drink to give yourself energy and have fun. So I made sure I was only um, going to places that I wanted to go to. And I was only going out when I had the energy. And because of that, I was much more able to stick to my boundaries. And also, um, yeah, when I would be out in these situations, I would have a time that I would leave and I would stick to that. And I think doing this preparation work was so essential for me to be able to align with what felt good for me and not regret a lot and not make decisions for other people, not make my own decisions for other people, if that makes sense. So I would say, you know, the answer to that question is really about sticking to your boundaries, being prepared and um, having a plan, right? Yeah. And I truly also believe I love those, by the way, but I truly believe that like when we fully love ourselves, we won't be changing our decisions based off of like other people and what they think about us and I think that's maybe always why I had an easy time just kind of like <laughs> rolling my eyes at the people that were judging me for not drinking because I really don't give a rat's ass what you think about me because I am totally okay with who I am and I think once all of us get to this place of being so okay with who we are like whatever else someone else says isn't gonna like rock our boat or change our minds about what we're doing yeah exactly and that was a lot of this process the seed of that the start to all of these things I'm talking about is mindset right one or two events might happen to give you an awakening to show you that the, a switch in your mindset is important, but mindset is how you start all of these things. What gives you the energy to create boundaries? What gives you the energy to prepare? To um, What gives you the energy to make the decision that you don't want to drink anymore? It's mindset and your relationship to yourself and asking yourself about what serves you. Like the beginning of this whole process is a shift in loving yourself and wanting yourself to flourish. Like, do you want yourself to flourish or are you self-sabotaging? Right? Yeah, yeah. So I wrote a email to my newsletter list a while back about what is mindset work. That was like the subject line. And I had so many responses from this email, everyone thanking me because we hear a lot about mindset work, but then like a lot of people, if you're not doing mindset work, it's like, well, what is that? <laughs> like, tell me what that is. So in your world, Emily, obviously I know you've done a lot of mindset work and this is a really big foundation of how you help your clients. So 
when it comes to mindset work for you? What does that look like? And what were like the practices that maybe helped you the most? Yeah, and I love that you asked this question, but it's so true. All of these words and hot words, right, in the wellness industry, they're awesome because we can use them to connect. But a lot of the time we even, uh, we find ourselves saying a lot of this terminology, but we don't quite know what it covers. Like as far as like, what what does it umbrella, right? What is underneath this word? Um, So for me, mindset was understanding what, mindset started with, I should say, mindset started with understanding what I was capable capable of. Understanding that I can change things, right? Understanding that I can create my own reality. That came a little bit further down the line, but understanding that maybe it was possible to change my reality, right? So I started with mindset completely on my own solo. That's kind of how I created all of these frameworks that I teach my clients today. I had a mentor through Ayurveda and that's how I was getting down all of my kind of eating schedule and getting down like just nourishing myself again. But that mentor, amazing, amazing human as she is, we never talked about mindset. So that was something that was that I decided was up to me at that point in time to work out. So I spent a lot of time and a lot of effort to work out ways to help myself. And I started doing that with journaling. And funnily enough, I, I think affirmations were one of the first methods that I used. And I don't remember where that came from. I don't remember if it was a podcast. I wasn't really on social media at this time. So I don't remember what that was, where where the source of that was. But I started writing down things about myself that I didn't like. But instead of saying, I hate this part of myself, I would say, I love this part of myself. So I just made the total flip and did like a really out loud, big unapologetic affirmation list. So at the time, I didn't like my legs. I didn't like my arms. I didn't like my hair. I didn't like the way my teeth looked. So I would write down, I love my legs. I love the way they look. I'm so grateful for them. They're so beautiful. I love how they look. I love my hair. It's so luscious and it's perfect. And it's so pretty and shiny. I love my teeth because because they're unique and they're me. They're, that They are what makes me, me. I wrote all this down. And at first I thought, this is bullshit. This is like, I'm just faking it. This isn't real, whatever. I'm just going to do it. Something in me told me to do it, which was my intuition, right? Now I know that in hindsight. But I kept writing it down. I did it every day as a start to my morning practice. This is how I started to develop my morning ritual. And I wrote down everything I loved about myself, even though I didn't believe it. And Meg, within like two weeks, I started to believe it. It was, I was like astonished. I just realized in after like maybe 14 days, 20 days, I realized, oh my gosh. I'm starting to love my body. And of course I started with the physical stuff as we often do, right? As, as we often um, focus on only. So I started with the outward stuff. I realized this is working. Wow, where is this coming from? It's working. So then I started to talk about other parts of my body and my personality and um, how I talk to people and how special I am and how radiant I am. I don't think I used that word at that time, but you get the idea. So I kept doing that. And that's really how, so when I say the word mindset, it's the way I look at it is really switching your mindset from being limited and you just are how you are and nothing's really going to change and you can't do this because of this. And the only reason that that person can do that is because they're like that and you're not like that. Switching that mindset, reorganizing that mindset to believe you are capable of whatever the hell you want to be capable of. You're capable of anything you damn well please. And that was the switch that really allowed me to be me and to be unapologetically me, right? And from there, work through these issues with substance abuse and work through these issues about what I was putting in my body and and what my boundary issues were, right? Working, Working through all of this stuff that needed to be balanced. Amazing. So I'm really happy that you brought up the fact that like when you started that affirmation practice, you thought everything was bullshit because I think 
everyone experiences that when they start, you know, if you hate your legs and then you start writing, I love my legs and I love my beautiful, luscious hair. If you don't think it's beautiful, you're going to think that this is just like phony baloney stuff. And that's what stops a lot of people from moving forward with it. So you just kept with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought that up too, because I make some videos on this and I talk about this. I love doing lives about topics like these. Um, and I get a lot of messages, people asking me, well, I still, I, I still feel like I should be able to make fun of myself. And I still feel like I should be able to use language that comes up for me. And I don't want to fake anything. And that seems kind of weird. That doesn't feel good. So what I tell people that say that to me is first of all yes like use the words that are coming up for you if you need to explain that to someone if you need to acknowledge that but make sure that you're not just talking crap about yourself all day right make sure you're not shooting yourself down every day there's a really specific distinction and with the practices that we use at root awakening to handle our body image issues to handle the things that need to be fixed with our mindset we really focus on bringing up and acknowledging all that negative stuff is coming up. Make sure you acknowledge it. That's necessary. You need to do that. But then reformulate an action plan to get you out of that mindset. Acknowledge that you're feeling this way. So today I'm really small, right? Today I'm feeling really small. Today I'm feeling like I really can't accomplish my goals. But I know there's another part of me somewhere inside me, somewhere here, somewhere in my body. There's another part of me telling me that actually I can do this. And I know that I achieved this other goal the other month. So guess what? I am capable of, of achieving my next goal and my next goal and my next goal. So reframing it in a way, instead of just pretending everything is fine, right? So the biggest distinction that I have between like toxic positivity and imbalanced mindset is acknowledging the negative stuff first and then creating an action plan to evolve your mindset from there. Yes, yes. I'm so happy we're talking about this because typically you don't hear people talking about how to like, I don't know, properly do affirmations and that's why I never really talk about affirmations because people just think like oh I'm just supposed to be overly positive about what I hate about my body or about myself and I truly believe just like overriding how you actually feel isn't doing anything because we need to actually like acknowledge how we feel and that's something that you and I do like quite similarly with our clients. Like we really do want you to acknowledge how you feel. We can't just like bottle that shit up and pretend it's not there because it's always going to be there if you don't acknowledge it. Yeah, exactly. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be stuffed down. Um, so what I like to explain to my clients when we're talking about this, and I'm curious um, to hear, Meg, maybe how you explain this process to your clients also, but um, I tell them, okay, where you want to be as far as where you want to be at with your mindset within your healing process, because we don't expect you to all of a sudden make a change and have like an enlightenment where you're like, yes, I'm capable of everything. And yesterday I felt like shit, right? It happens, but not often, right? So um, where you wanna be throughout your healing journey, when you are learning to talk more positively about yourself and when you are learning to discover what you're capable of is feel how you wanna feel, acknowledge that, but push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone to understand how awesome you are and how beautiful you are. So for me, and what I like to explain to my clients is you want to have that kind of right balance where you're right on the edge of being uncomfortable where, oh, it feels really weird to say out loud, I'm amazing. That sounds weird, but 
maybe say it anyway and see how it feels and maybe say it 10 times and then see how it feels right so we and you can still acknowledge that it feels weird but maybe keep saying it and then also acknowledge that it feels weird and i will tell you i have not run into someone who has tried that and have not improved their relationship with themselves right Right. Like it works. And again, just kind of circling back to where this whole conversation started, even like with the whole alcohol thing, everything, like all new things that you're going to do for your healing, they're going to feel uncomfortable in some degree, right? Like in some way, they're going to feel uncomfortable no matter what it is. Like, even if it's just, like, even if the habit itself feels really good, there's going to be, like, even mental resistance coming up, causing, like, this new habit to feel kind of uncomfortable in some way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, right. And that's the same, that uncomfortability is the same thing that's pushing us to say things like, well, that's just not me. That's just not, that's not my identity, right? Because when we're being resistant to change, we like cling on to our old selves. Like we cling on to our old identity and we say, no, 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 this is me because it's scary to change, right? So I also think it's helpful to to get super honest and get really real with ourselves and and explore why we're saying these things, right? If you want to change somewhere, if you want to let go of a habit you don't like, and you're not getting there, ask yourself what you're saying about that. Ask yourself what you're saying when someone gives you advice. Does that feel good for you? Does that feel like it would serve you, but it's scary? Or would it just not serve you? And I think the longer we the more time we put in to exploring why we're having the thoughts we have, the more connected we become with ourselves and we the more connected we become with where our blockages are right where we're being blocked in our process yeah it's where ego work comes in right (laughs) and that's a whole other conversation so Emily I could obviously chat with you forever but I'm sure you'll be on this show and speaking of shows you're starting your own podcast which is so exciting so before we wrap up why don't you tell everyone like where they can connect with you and follow along with your journey yeah absolutely so if anyone has heard this podcast and are thinking like, okay, this sounds like I would connect with what Emily has to say. This sounds like something that I could really utilize to accentuate my healing journey and get me to where I want to be and get my mindset to where I want it. Send me a DM on Instagram, reach out and say what's up and let me know what you connected with, what you resonated with. Um, So my Instagram is Emily's dot root awakening and root is spelled R O O T. And yeah, if you want, if you're interested in working with me further, you can schedule a free focus call with me personally by going to root awakening dot as dot me slash focus call. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have all of that linked up in the show notes for sure. And you'll have, have to keep us updated on your podcast. But My love, I do have one more question for you that I ask all of my guests. So this is a new question for you, but not my listeners. What does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Mm. It means trusting yourself, I think, and understanding where your power is and understanding that you're capable of whatever you want and understanding that you can create your own reality. It sounds wild to some of it, to some of us, but it's true. You can create whatever reality you want and you can feel joyful in that. Yeah, I love that you've found joy in this journey of yours. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So lovely, Meg. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. 